How's it going, Odd People? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 68, and in this episode I'll be talking to Megan of Unstrung Studios. She's an anatomical artist, and she does incredible work. I hope you enjoy the show. okay with uh, geography i guess i just proved myself right <laughs> so i have megan with me today hi megan how are you hey good how are you doing i'm good uh can you tell the listeners who you are and what it is you specialize in sure so i am megan i am an occupational therapist turned full-time artist um, and I actually specialize in, I hesitate to call it medical illustration because even though it is as accurate as I can get it be, it definitely leans more towards the fine art world. Um, so I'll, I guess we'll go with anatomical illustration. Okay, cool. And what, what mediums do you use typically? What do you like to do? Um, wood burning is, is kind of the primary, the primary world there. Cool. It's nice. So where did the whole concept of doing that come from? Is it your, your background in, um, in like the medical field or is it just, you thought it looked cool? <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a mix of both. Um, in, in schooling, I like, I helped tutor for the anatomy classes. I loved it, even though I wouldn't admit it because everyone else hated it. Um, <laughs> So I drew a lot to help me study. And then after I had graduated, there was kind of like a medical incident. I'm not going to like beat around the bush. My mother-in-law at my wedding had an aortic aneurysm. Oh, wow. So um, it kind of forced all of us real quickly to be like, crap, anything can happen at any time, um, mm -hmm. which brought into my mind some questions about my own health and disability. So I started drawing anatomy again as a way to kind of cope with that um so it definitely started as like I need to learn where all of these things are and it's kind of morphed into more of like the emotional side of coping with illness and disability oh wow you told she's me fine by the way oh I, yeah I, I will clarify that <laughs> she, yeah, she is sorry, completely I'm... fine <laughs> <clears throat> you had told me a while back when we first started <laughs> trying to plan out uh when we were going to talk <laughs> Uh, you had a new series coming up and you were calling it Odd Medical History. So, of course, I thought that yeah. was perfect <laughs> to talk about. Uh, so what, what is that all about? What is it? Yeah, so it's it's a, a little bit of a mixture of, I guess I'll say it started with, um, I got this book called The Lobotomist. And that's basically like the life story of the guy that created lobotomy and his intentions right. and how that got skewed. Um, and it made me think like, that's pretty interesting. I'm sure that there's more stuff medically that like we know about, but don't know a ton about. Um, so I started kind of doing a deep dive into 
medical treatments that we either don't use now or that we use very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff <laughs> in yeah, medical history. Um, so I've got a couple pieces planned. I have a lobotomy piece planned. Um, I've got one on trepanation, which is the practice of drilling a hole into the skull. Okay. Um, and like the funny thing about that is when they first discovered it in like the early, what is it, 18th century, um, these guys were like digging up archaeological pits in France and they found the skull with like a perfect hole in it. Hmm. And they were kind of like, well, that's interesting. And then they just didn't do anything with it. Like there was no questioning. There was no investigation, anything about it. They're just like, okay, super weird. Um, and then as time went on, they figured out that that's like a practice that people used as early as I think like 7,000 BC. Oh, wow. um, yeah, very strange. <laughs> yeah, I, want one, I wonder when they first made these discoveries, how long and how old the skulls were. Right. I wonder what they, what was the, the reason for doing that? So somebody, somebody was, oh man, I get a lot of headaches and oh, you know, so we'll do. sometimes, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess that was one of the things that, that they used it for a treatment for headaches. Um, you know, back in that time, everything was the fault of a demon or possession. So there, there's, <laughs> there's some thought that they were like, well, just make a hole so the demons can get out. Like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> yeah right yeah duh simple right? simple um, uh, <laughs> answer so I, I think that's the funniest thing about this whole series is like everything I've I've kind of worked through like bloodletting and using leeches and all of these different things yeah. like at some point or another it's always been used to help with those pesky demons <laughs> some um, <laughs> weird religious thing behind it yeah. demons that's so strange yeah there's some people that yeah. still believe that kind of, they have that thought process. Oh, a hundred percent. Because I, I met a guy a while back. I won't mention his name. If any of my coworkers are listening, they'll, they'll know exactly who I'm talking <laughs> about. So he's like an outside contractor and he came to my work. He's super religious. And I can't remember what, just shooting, shooting the shit with him, just talking. And he's coming up with all these excuses for things people being on drugs and people being crazy and all those <laughs> well he's like oh that's just demons that's gonna that's just this that's just satan working his way through the population and <laughs> telling people they gotta act out and that's why they can't get their shit together it's like dude okay we had a great conversation up until right now yeah right <laughs> and it's it's like can we can we use this as a metaphor like sure depression can be a demon right quotes great i can get on board with that but like <laughs> yeah yeah exactly no. use it as a metaphor <laughs> really to, and yeah dead serious that's no that's that's the devil trying to take over our society like no thank is you it, yeah is it i don't believe that it is so uh i do need to tell you i uh recently bought a wood burning kit yeah yeah and i've been tr- i've been trying it and of course i haven't know yeah. what i'm doing so i'm 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 a pen and ink guy i'm a pen and you know right. paper. <laughs> so i i uh newfound respect for your art your art is oh, incredible you, and i can't even thank imagine <laughs> i can't even I, I how long have you been doing that um wood burning um so <laughs> 
I started the same year I got married. So 2017. Okay. Um, and it started because I was doing, I was doing hand lettering. Cause that was like the trend, the very trendy thing at that point in time. Cool. So I was making like the wedding signs for people and all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. just bored. Like I was just really <laughs> bored with it. Yeah. So I found my dad's soldering iron and was like, I can burn things. This is fun. Um, which brings me to my question about your wood burning kit. Do you have like, is it like a fixed tip kit or are they like the wire ones? Um, it's sort of a cheapo one. Okay. Does it it's look like a soldering iron? It looks a lot like a soldering iron and you can okay. replace the, the tip screws on. And right. it came with like maybe five different tips. Yeah. You know, like one that's just like a chisel looking thing. And then one that looks yep. kind of like a leaf. Yeah, you know. I know exactly. <laughs> I will tell you that there are people who can do phenomenal work with those ones. Mm. I always felt like I was super heavy handed with them. I felt like, especially because like your hand is so far away from the actual burning tip, which is so different than like pen and ink or yes. any of that stuff. Um, I, hold, I hold a pen like this. There's right. Nothing, <laughs> this is barely right. So, it, so all of a sudden you're like, you know, four, three or four inches away and you yeah, feel right. like you're back in kindergarten learning how to write again. Um, <laughs> But they do have ones that like, I, I have my pens right here that are like these guys. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So it, it literally looks like a pen. And then you're still a little bit away from the front of it. Um, yeah, but that's doable. But that's, but that's when I felt like I went from being like, I mean, this is okay to be like, wow, no, I really feel like I can make art with this um, oh, was cool. when I upgraded to that one. So I'm nice. always like, I'm always like, don't quit, don't quit yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can throw any more <laughs> projects or, or uh, things like that into my into my I pocket. I also get that. <laughs> <laughs> Way too much going on. So that's cool. Yeah. So I just I ha I had to tell you that because I I have such a uh, a respect for people that if that's the tool they're using, or you know you're working your way up through like the to get the better stuff and. Right. I, I often question, you know, when I'm like 30 hours into a piece and it feels like I still have 30 more to go. I'm like, why did I choose this? Of all the options, like, why did I choose this? Yeah, but this I, mean, so I love smaller. it. <laughs> it just, it just does take absolutely forever. So can you make, you know, uh, I'll quote Bob Ross, can you make uh, happy accidents <laughs> or is it, are you just like have a panic attack if you screw something up? Um, it depends. It depends yeah. on how hot I'm burning. Um, if I'm burning like really hot and I like, I don't know, sneeze or something and like <laughs> drop my pen down. Yeah. Then it, it's kind of like, oh, damn, like what, how am I going to fix that? But um, most of the time, if it's a small mistake, I tend to not burn super hot. I treat it a little bit more like watercolors. So it's like a lot of layers and um, mm -hmm. very, very like subtle changes. You can just sand it away. Um, yeah, right. It is wood. <laughs> so I, I have, you know, my sandpaper everywhere. And I, I got one of those fiberglass, like uh, detailing pens that they use for cars. Okay. Yeah. And I'll just use that if it's like a real small area. Um, but the, especially in the beginning, when I started, if I made a mistake, I was like, like, well, this is it. I'm done. Like, this is, this is the end of the wood burning road for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> not doing this again. <laughs> Give up now. Um, so you said you are an occupational therapist. Yep. Uh, how much does that come into play when it comes to, you know, picking what you're going to do as far as like your art? Are you, 
right you um, how much correlation does that have with the art when i was actively working and doing art it was a lot more because you know things would like happen with a student and i'd be like oh i want to draw that um and i i find myself now feeling less like like ot influences my art and more like my anatomy background does mm -hmm. um because i'm constantly in my old textbooks and finding new textbooks and um so I, I feel more like a student than a professional, if that makes sense. <laughs> but definitely, I mean, the way that I think about illness and disability, I think comes from my, my background in OT because the whole, for those who are unfamiliar, because it is a lot of people don't know. Um, mm -hmm. So OT and PT are often looked at as kind of interchangeable, but they're not. Um, we do have some crossover, but there are some big differences. And, the very cliche saying, but that really kind of sums it up is that like a PT will teach you how to walk and an OT will teach you how to dance. So it's, it's less about like fixing specific problems and more about enabling you to participate in your life, regardless mm -hmm. of what limitations or injuries or illnesses you're dealing with. Um, so I think a lot of, like a lot of my work shows kind of like the beauty that can come from disability um and even like I'd, i think of like my ms piece which has plants that are like decaying and plants that are blooming um i think a lot of my perspective and seeing both like the, t the stereotypical like things that would be considered bad as also having beauty to them comes from mm -hmm. that perspective of looking at people as a whole person and seeing how that can still enable you to do the things you love and engage in cool things. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> did that make any sense? <laughs> it did, sounded good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> sounded really nice, especially at the end, that was cool. Um, Great. <laughs> you said you, uh, you looked at your own health and do you have anything going on that you are like overcoming to do this artwork? Uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely do. Um, so <laughs> basically I didn't know I was disabled until I was like 23 or 24. Okay. Um, and like looking back on my life and looking back on my childhood, I'm like, like I, we all should have known. We all should have known. Right. <laughs> um, but I think that we were told me we being like me and my parents yeah. were told like this is something you'll grow out of this is something that will get better um and what i'm talking about is i have a condition called pots which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome um and basically they used to call it like the frank sinatra disease okay. um because they would like think about you know the old pictures of like women waiting in line to see Frank Sinatra and they're standing in line and then they just pass out from the <laughs> excitement. Um, right. And that is essentially what happens, but it, it doesn't have to have any like real trigger for it. Um, so I was diagnosed when I was in the seventh grade, I okay. had gotten some virus, um, some viral infection, and then I just never really got better. Um, and I started passing out. I couldn't sit up without passing out. My heart rate was in like the two twenties, like all the time. Wow. Um, 
so it it felt like I was running a marathon when I was just like trying to go get like a drink of water um and it took it took a while to get diagnosed correctly because at that age you know I was what I was in like the seventh grade then um the doctors are like oh she's anxious like oh it's 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 growing pains it's anxiety it's it's whatever um and thankfully my pediatrician was not one of those people and was like no something's wrong here um and figured it out so I had a number of years where like my symptoms were really well controlled. I was rock climbing, I was dancing again, um, nice. which was great. And yeah. then I ended up getting mono and not knowing I had mono. Okay. Um, I was just super tired and I was like, well, I'm just tired, I guess. And since then, and I think that was like, what, like 2015, 2016, I've been kind of in like a flare of POTS again. Um, so I still have days where it's really difficult for me to sit up because for lack of a better explanation, like the blood just isn't reaching my brain. Um, okay. So you feel really, really foggy a lot. Um, So is it a heart issue? Is it a circulation? So it's, it's falls under like the umbrella of conditions called dysautonomia, which affect your autonomic nervous system. Um, which that's the one that controls like your heart rate, your breathing, your blood pressure. And basically when you have dysautonomia, that system just does not do its job correctly. Um, So the biggest thing is like, if I, if I change postures and that's the postural in Mm -hmm. POTS, um, my blood vessels don't constrict So normally, like when we go from like sitting to standing, gravity is a thing. So your blood would go to your feet and your system says, great, got to constrict the blood vessels. So it makes all the blood vessels smaller so that the blood can still get to your brain. Mine doesn't do that. So instead my heart overcompensates and tries to make up for the difference by beating faster. Um, And when your heart rate gets too high and your blood pressure gets too low, your brain goes into protective mode and causes yeah. you to pass out so that mm-hmm. you can have blood there again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you can work and use your right. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't had like a full on snickable episode in a number of years, like where I've like blacked out, passed out. Um, but the last time I did, I had a wicked concussion and it impacted my vision. Oh, so that has been I would say the biggest thing that's impacted my ability to like get work done in the past few years. Um, I actually lost some of my peripheral vision in my right eye and like they call it like accommodation insufficiency. So your eyes can't shift focus. Hmm. So I would like be working on something close up and it would be in focus, but then I would look up to grab my coffee. And when I went back to look down again, like it would take like three or four minutes for my eyes to be able to focus again. Oh, wow. Um, so I did vision therapy this past year, which was very interesting. And yeah, it sounds very interesting. At, I still don't really understand how any of it works. Um, the eyes are one of the things that I'm like, I'll leave that to other people to explain yeah. that. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, vision therapy was super helpful. So I've gained my peripheral vision back, which is great. I'm not like running into doors anymore. Yeah, which that's, is that, gee, like, that's helpful. <laughs> which was like super common and frequent. Um, but yeah, the, the vision, I still get like tired very quickly. So mm-hmm. I have to take a lot more breaks than I used to. Um, 
and then and then just the pot stuff sometimes yeah. really makes it so I, I just can't work for a day or two yeah that really but sucks I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how <laughs> how many times you get up and down during the day or just you know yep and that's just a simple motion I can't imagine being startled or whatever and having to right get out of the way of someone or you know yeah <laughs> shift your whole body so and I and I think people have like a hard time understanding how something like standing up from a chair can like exhaust you mm. um but like the way I the way I can describe it is you know like when you go for a run I don't know if you go for runs um <laughs> I've tried I used to for <laughs> right. yeah. for enjoyment and now I'm like why would I do that on purpose right. um <laughs> but you know like the moment you stop running and you feel like your heart rate is never going to come down yeah like that's that feeling that's that like pops feeling okay um, so interestingly enough this <laughs> the month of uh no. February, <laughs> the month of february is heart month mm -hmm. and so i've been doing a lot of heart related things i was born with a congenital heart defect oh uh, no way tetralogy of fellow yeah so yep. Uh, the feeling of your heart not wanting to slow down is like so common with me that I know exactly right. what you're talking about. And that's, you know, um, I've always been like thin or at least in shape. And uh, even like when I was in school, like high school, the teacher would be screaming at me, pick up the pace, Matt, you, you got to keep right. going. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I got to go and bring you in a doctor's note because I can't run a mile like that yep. didn't happen and right. uh you know i that's that was a common thing you'd i'd run and push myself to the limit and then i would stop everybody else would be fine and i'm heart still right. pounding still catching my breath <laughs> so and I then you're exactly. in like science class for the next three periods and you're like still sweating buckets yeah, because yeah, I'm like sweating your heart my butt off. yeah people are like you all right yep. I'm like yeah i'm fine just got out of gym class an hour ago <laughs> So that's interesting yep. that that's, so that's a feeling you'd get just from standing up or, you know, going from yeah. room to room in the house. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. And, and there, you know, there are like weeks where that's not the case, but like when yeah. it's bad, that's, that's where it's at. And it's funny. Cause I, I remember the same thing when I was growing up, like I was the like lanky, not athletic, but looked like she could be athletic person. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And it, it was the gym teachers that were like, just run a little faster. And I was like, you don't want me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not I, good I didn't, for anyone. I, yeah, I didn't play sports. I didn't. Uh, the, the big thing was running a mile. We had the, some, yeah. you know, arbitrary work, rule that says you have to run a mile. Yeah. And it has to be within a certain time frame. And if you can't complete it in that time frame, it's an F. I'd coach I'd come in with the doctor's note from the cardiologist. Be like, I can't run a mile. I'll do it. I will do the mile. I was right. But I'm like, I'm doing one lap and I'm walking it like right. <laughs> for, for at least yep. however many laps I had to do, whatever it was. I'm like, I'm going to like run one, walk a few, run one, walk a few. Right. Like I'll do the assignment, but you, there's no way you're going to give me an F because I just can't do it. Right. And, and it, I remember I don't know, just it's, people it's, looking at me strange, like, how come you can't do it? Like you're this, right? you know, tall and it's this, it's this weird thing of like, people don't understand that kids can have limitations. Mm, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like for some reason, 
right. For some reason, even though you have like the documentation, it's like your teachers are like, you just have to try harder. And your friends are like, why can't you just play this sport or whatever? And it's, it's, there's, and I think that's changed a little bit, but at least like when I was growing up, it was like the kids that were in gen ed were healthy and were looked at as healthy. And there was like non, there was no room for like a sick, healthy kid or like a healthy, sick kid. There wasn't any of that like crossover. There were just like two camps, um, which is interesting looking back on. It is. It is because I remember being, you know, there'd be like overweight kids kind of walking it with me and they're like, how come you can't run it? And they'd be like, right. And I, I grew up in a small town with us, you know, I graduated with 86 kids. It wasn't wasn't a huge class. And (laughs) most of these people I've known since kindergarten, you know, like I've known my whole life. And I kind of, I, I talked about this actually in a recent uh, episode with talking about heart stuff, you know, and when you're in like high school, especially, or just throughout the whole school experience, you grow up and people don't know what's wrong with you. You feel embarrassed to say anything. You don't want to be looked at as the weak kid or the, you know, you don't want to be picked last and it's just like asking for it. So I never did it. I was good at hiding it to an an extent, except for the people that were really close to me. You know, I'm sure most of my class had no clue. I had anything wrong with me. (laughs) Right. But I was like, you know, going to the cardiologist twice a year, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay. They're like, there's no halter monitor here. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Can, like, we, can, yeah. can we do that in the summertime? So I don't have to wear that. Right. To really? Yep. It was like <laughs> the truth. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So what made you want to be an occupational therapist? Because that seems more like it would be more school <laughs> than it was more school. Yeah, was it? <laughs> um, it was it was a five year condensed program. So it was your bachelor's in four years and then you get your master's in one. Um wow. I did it all at one school, which was great. I I all this is gonna sound so like cliche white girl growing up in suburbia, but like I always wanted to like help people. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds like so basic. Um, But I I think I always really wanted to help people. I always was good at anticipating people's needs, Um, which again, looking, therapy is a wonderful thing. Looking back, I'm like, it's because people didn't anticipate mine, but um, (laughs) um, (laughs) it sounds basic, but it's not. It's actually, it's like a very noble and awesome thing to have that mindset. Just my opinion. And I, <laughs> thank you. Um, and I think I, my mom was an OT. So I think seeing her do that, I knew that like that was something that was an option and mm. it seemed like it was mostly fun. Um, granted, she was working with like birth to three-year-olds. So it was mostly fun. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of hard work, but um. So I kind of went into it. I had wanted to go to school for art. My parents were basically like, we don't care if you never use your degree. Do you see the irony of this though? We don't care if you never (laughs) use your degree, but you need to go to school for something that's not art. Um, And I was like, okay, fine, fine. So I kind of chose OT. (laughs) 
<laughs> because yeah. I knew I could use art in my therapy. Um, and then I, you know, two years after I graduated, kind of pulled the Uno reverse card and was like, just kidding. Mom, <laughs> just kidding, I'm an, I'm an artist. artist. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Um, oh, that's good. And and I th- I think like the the world is different now. You know when when I was going into college, it wasn't super common for people to just like make a living as an artist full time. Um, yeah. And I think with you know Instagram and TikTok and social media in general, that's like yeah. a viable option now. Um, yeah. My parents are entirely supportive. Like my mom comes to every awesome. show. She packs all my inventory. My dad helps me with the finances. So like they've they've also kind of, you know, come along for the ride, but it just makes me giggle that they were like, no, you can't go to school for art. That's not a real thing. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, I don't know how old your parents are and I don't know how old you are either. And I'm not going to ask, but, <laughs> but I'm, that sounds like something my parents would say. Yeah. You know, my parents are retired, they're older. And that's just, that's the mindset. Like my my dad used to say stuff like you know oh like we so we live on cape cod and i didn't Mm -hmm. grow up on cape cod i grew up you know like an hour almost an hour away from here and um i found a job out here and i moved out here and my father's like oh what's it like you know living is there like cape cod hippies everywhere selling candles like he thinks (laughs) it's like still like the you know summer of love out here and this like right (laughs) people making candles and you know smoking weed in their basement and like man like this is my art so like they that's what they consider an artist (laughs) is you know people that whacked out old hippies but in reality it's you know people's in the people in their 20s and 30s that are like passionate about stuff and actually like right put a lot of work into it right oh it's so different (laughs) it's a different mindset so different and like I said I'm super thankful that my parents were like oh no like this is this is a thing like we get it and and I keep reminding them like you told me you told me I didn't have to use my degree I'm just I'm just (laughs) taking you up on that (laughs) yeah but it's been cool to see both of them kind of dive into what the art world actually is right now which is wild (laughs) it is wild it's crazy it's I don't I don't know if it's anything anybody ever anticipated that they, we'd have such a big population of people able to work out of the houses and just put the time in and make right. all this unique cool stuff i mean i have a podcast about it right <laughs> I'm still trying to make that a viable thing so i don't have to have a day job but i don't know if that's going to happen <laughs> i'm trying oh it will it'll happen <laughs> i do have to say i don't i don't have like a trained eye for like anatomical stuff Obviously, I can recognize a heart and a rib cage and right, you know, brain, like all all the really uh, obvious things. But do you ever incorporate uh, any abnormalities, or do you have any plans to do any abnormalities, like in you know internal organs and all the other all the other cool stuff yeah. you, uh, you do? So up until up until now, most of my like illustrated illness series has been more conceptual and more about kind of like the function um, mm-hmm. rather than structure but I actually I was talking to a friend who is a NICU nurse and she was asking about some of like the you know um, 
pretty common like heart defects and lung defects in like NICU babies. And it's got me down like a whole nother rabbit hole of like the structural differences. Um, So I think, man, I've got like four or five collections planned for this year. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like spinning my wheels. So I think that might be a 2023 project. Um, (laughs) But I definitely, because it is just, it's a different world when you move past like neurology and some of like the changing of um, like an ankylosing spondylitis, the bones fuse together, but they're not like formed that way. Mm. You know, they start out typical. Um, but when you start looking into like, you know, congenital defects or um, like injury based yeah. differences, it's, there's so much, there's just so much. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever do like a, um, like a commissioned piece? Like if somebody sent you an x-ray of you know, part of their body that was messed up. <laughs> like, hey, I want. Yeah. I want. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Have um, you done it? So, I, I have. I have one that's in my kind of wait list of someone who had a like a spinal fusion done. Okay. Um, and she sent me her X-rays, and we're just kind of figuring out what the timeline is going to be. But yeah, I. Someone else also sent me dental X-rays. Um. <laughs> Cause her, her teeth are like sideways. I don't even know what was happening in those. It was fascinating. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to go more in that direction. Cause there's a ton of artists that are doing like structurally sound, perfect anatomy yeah. beautifully already. Um, and I, and I don't feel like that's where I want to kind of land. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to, for lack of a, better term like I want to get weirder with it (laughs) yeah Yeah, cool you know and just kind of escalate it so you want to be you want to make it odd yeah exactly (laughs) precisely (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah if you ever do any heart stuff I'll probably buy it from you I I also like um your your natural elements to it too when you add a lot of flowers and a lot of other stuff and I wish I could, I hopefully when people see that you're going to be on the show, they can see for themselves uh, ahead of time. But if they don't, or how could you describe your really, your pieces that really uh, stand out as your own and they aren't like anybody else's? Right. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that I try to take anatomical structures and weave them together with uh, botany and plants and flowers. Um, Kind of the goal is that when you look at it, you first just see the florals. And then the more that you look, you realize that there's like some structure and stuff going on underneath it. Um, But the goal has always been to kind of prove to people that like anatomy is gross and that it's really just kind of beautiful. Mm. Um, So I, I want them to be things that when people look at them, they kind of get lost in the intricacies. And then when you step back, you see like, oh wait, that's a brain and a spinal cord. Um, yeah, it's really, really beautiful. I really like your art. I like the way it looks. You. And I like, you're one of those artists that when you see your pieces, you just can stare at it and kind of get lost in it for a little while. And I've never even seen them live. I've only seen them on Instagram, so I can't, things always look better live and, you know, in your hands and 
Right. Yeah, you're, you're one of those artists that I, I came across for whatever reason on uh, Instagram. Follow a lot of art anyway. So it came up and I was like, wow, this is, look at that. And I kind of just like probably creepily <laughs> liked a billion, <laughs> a billion of your pictures all in one day. And you were like, well, this weirdo. But then I, you know, I came across, I, I think it was a heart. And um, I think I shared it on my page and tagged you in it. And you were like, hey, thanks for the, thanks for the yeah. thing. And then, you know, that got, got the ball rolling for us to uh, right. reschedule like three times <laughs> on each other, <laughs> trying to get together. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad it, you know, finally happened. Do, do you have, um, yeah, me too. do you have any plans to maybe, uh, I don't know if this, this might be too weird, too odd. You, I don't know, uh, any like fetal things or any any babies because in my head I have there's a skull that has baby literally feet. just sketched one did you really cool <laughs> nice. it's a, a four-week-old embryo with like the placenta and there's flowers in the placenta and stuff I just it's funny you said that because I was like I've never done fetal things before um and I just started kind of diving into that world i was like mother's day this is perfect (laughs) yeah mother's day yeah right so yeah but i I know what you're talking about where like you can see all of like the layers of teeth right yeah it's like the adult teeth that haven't it's so cool yeah it's wild i I just picture that like that'd be a cool that would be really cool yeah (laughs) so mother's day collection i have literally like i always have a pad of paper with me and i'm literally as we speak writing down (laughs) (laughs) have you been an artist your whole life or was it like a uh, later in life thing where you just kind of I'm making you sound like Um, old later on in life (laughs) (laughs) no I I may function like an 80 year old (laughs) but seriously I'm gonna guess you're in your 20s yeah okay Yes, I'm, I'm 28. Yep. All right, cool. Not 82, um, not an old lady. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so I think the way I look at it is that I was always crafty. Um, you know, I wanted to like build furniture for my pound puppies out of cardboard and scotch tape. And, you know, I, I liked to like make stuff. I never, I didn't get into like art really until like mid high school. Okay. Um, when I finally got into like a studio art class. Um, and when I got into it, I was like, wait, like I'm actually, I'm actually a kind of okay at this, but just someone who had been like trying to be able-bodied and like trying to play every sport and being very bad at them all, like finally <laughs> finding something that I was like, wait, no, I'm good at this. This is okay. Um, so yeah, I, I was really, really into art for probably my last two years of high school and then when college came I didn't I didn't do a ton of it um yeah because I was doing the college thing and like there's just not time for it um and then after I kind of found my way back but I've I've always been a like a tinkerer and a maker cool so this is all fits in perfectly it's like a good yeah good mashup (laughs) yeah (laughs) So now is uh, the part of the show where I'd like to ask you some odd questions. These are questions, <laughs> questions that are uh, um, 
Some of them pertain to you. Some of them are just out there, oddball questions. If you could collaborate with any other artist, uh, past or present, who would you choose Ooh. as a collaborating partner? There is a paper cut artist called Bear Follows Cat. Her name is Pippa. So I, yeah, I, I definitely would want to collaborate with Pippa from Bear Follows Cat. She is a paper cutter um, in one of the most intricate ways I've ever seen. I, I just think that combining like the layers of colored paper in all these different ways with like the anatomical subject would be so cool. Um, yeah, she's, she's really cool. I followed her for a very long time, like before I started wood burning. Um, cool. All right. Shout out to Pippa. Come on, Pippa. Yeah. <laughs> help, help Megan out. All right. Would you rather vacation on the beach or in the mountains? Oh, um, probably in the mountains. Cool. Probably in the mountains. You live near yeah. water though, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> so I feel like yeah, everybody I, that lives uh, near the water is like, yeah, I live near the water. I go to. I, I, Lake Ontario doesn't really count, though, in my mind. Like it's 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 freezing, and also like the beaches aren't aren't they're not they're not real. They're not real. They're not it's real. Not like they a nice sandy beach with waves. Yeah, I guess no, it's different. No, they don't count. All right. What is uh? What's your guilty pleasure? Is there anything that you are embarrassed to say that you like? Um, <laughs> I love trashy reality TV, um, <laughs> but the specific brand of like competition shows. So like I just actually rewatched all of, <laughs> don't get me canceled for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just rewatched all of America's Next Top Model because <laughs> I... I just needed some drama that wasn't my own life, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's for. But like Ink Master, all of those, I, I yeah. will watch forever. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> okay, would you pick Chinese food or pizza? This is a trick question. <laughs> is. Because, I'm, because I'm gluten and dairy free. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, let's change so, it then. So I'm I can I'm pivot. I'm gluten free too, so uh, okay. Well, <laughs> let's think of something better. <laughs> let's think of a gluten free uh, option. <laughs> I mean, if I can substitute Thai food for Chinese food, I'm in. Thai food. All right, so I'll ask you: Thai food or uh, gluten free tacos? Ooh, darn it! <laughs> you thought you had. It. <laughs> you made it harder. Um, probably Thai food. All right, cool. Probably Thai food. I love rice. I love rice so much. Um, yeah, rice is awesome. <laughs> like when I first went gluten free, I I think most of my meals in college were just like rice with cumin and brown sugar, and like that was it. And I pretended that was a meal. So I have to ask you on a, on a personal level: <laughs> is it an intolerance or something, or is it or is it just a preference? So it is an intolerance. Um, when I eat gluten, my joints swell. Oh, that sucks. I end up having like really knobby knuckles, like I'm 90 years old. Yeah. Um, and it makes my migraines worse. Oh, that's interesting. You know, I got migraines a lot when I was a kid and mm -hmm. they just did the basic 
oh, maybe he's having too much caffeine. Make sure he doesn't eat a lot of chocolate. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't do either one of those things. Um, Which the irony is like, caffeine is one of the only things that helps mine. Right. Aside from like the monthly injections I have to do. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, I ended yeah. up, I was um, really sick a while back, a couple of years ago, like just like really bad stomach issues. And when I went to the doctor, she was like, oh, uh, do you eat a lot of uh, breads and stuff and gluten? Yeah. Do you eat a lot of uh, dairy? Yeah. It was like every day in my life that was my, my right. whole diet, pretty much. Just so, grilled cheese. So she's like, well, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, just grilled cheese every meal. <laughs> milk. Milk and beer and grilled cheese. That's all I ate. <laughs> and she said, uh, she was like, well, it seems like one, uh, intolerance to one of those. So we'll cut one out. Right. Two weeks, see how you feel. I was 99% better from not eating gluten for two weeks. Yep. And even dairy, like, um, I, it's like very little now. But yeah. Yeah. It's all digestive issues with me. So I have to ask have you had the opportunity to try wheat flour that's been imported? Um, because they process the wheat differently and it doesn't have as high of a gluten content. You know, I haven't, but okay. Uh, my wife's whole family is Azorian. They're from the Azores. It's a Portuguese islands out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. And before I got sick, it was 2019. We went on a big family vacation there. Like my wife's dad's side of the family, all the uncles. It was like a, we were showing up to restaurants. Yeah, table for 30, please. It was insane. <laughs> it was, everybody was there. And it was, it's like her parents, like, homeland it's where they came from right it was amazing vacation and long story short <laughs> every meal bread cheese right beer and and prior to that i was taking a lot of like probiotics and stuff i had right. left them at home i was like oh shit I'm like, oh I'm no gonna, i'm gonna be a mess right. i had never been so good like digestively yep. as when i was in you know the azores and then we came back maybe a month or two into eating American food. And it's not like I yep. eat a lot of junk food, just just regular yep. store-bought food. I was a mess. I was like yeah, it's wild. a painful mess. And it was like, this is not cool. Yeah, there are, there are two places here that use imported flour um, and I can eat it and be fine. Really? See, I got to look into that. It's absolutely wild. That is wild. I mean, I yep. know that stuff's processed here terribly <laughs> i mean even there yeah. like I, I don't drink a lot of soda but even there the coca-cola has sugar in it as opposed to yeah. high fructose corn syrup being like number one ingredient right like, wow, this <laughs> tastes incredible it was like it was unreal they're like it's a coke and you're yeah, like, like yes but it's not my coke <laughs> it's not my coke my coke sucks <laughs> this is great that was interesting so thai food <laughs> yeah that's the answer long story short. coming back to it Thai, thai food. food. all right if you could be any animal what animal would you like to be <laughs> so i i was listening to your um your podcast with the guy from just mass destruction yes yeah chris yeah and you asked this question and i was like oh man i gotta think about that um so i can confidently say i would be a mantis shrimp a mantis shrimp a mantis shrimp 
Um, what is a mantis shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> so it says it's this bizarre shrimp species. Um, and I just think that they're the coolest thing ever. They are so badass and they have like 14 different kinds of cones in their eyes. Like we only have three. So they can see and differentiate colors that we don't even know exist, which is like fascinating to me. But also they're super dangerous because they punch their prey. (laughs) (laughs) And even if they miss, the punch retracts so quickly that it creates a vacuum and then the column of water crushes their prey. Wow. But they don't look like that scary. So that's that's what I want to be. I want to be not scary, but when yeah, just, people get to know me, I'm a little scary. Yeah. Kind of kind of looks like a just a big crazy looking shrimp. That's wild. I know. I love them. <laughs> oh, that's cool. They're just so cool. Uh, what is your favorite food to cook? Oh, curry. I cook a lot of curry. Um and, and I like it because it, it keeps too. So I mm. have this flaw that anytime I cook, even if it's just for me and my husband, I end up cooking like I'm cooking for the entire British Royal Navy. Um, and so we have so many leftovers and curry is one of the ones that like is still good, you know, three days later. Um, yeah, I, I grew up with a mom that cooks that way. So like, yeah, you know, I have two siblings. <laughs> It was a house of five people my mother would cook. I don't know, you know, pounds of food for dinner. Right. And that was the, once I was older and a smart ass, I would say, Ma, when was the Navy showing up? Is the Army coming by? What is, <laughs> right. all, are, we, are we having guests? <laughs> like, who is coming to the house right now? Jesus Christ. No, it's just the leftovers, man. Yeah, leftovers. And it's good because I love it. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So... What would your 10-year-old self think of you now? Oh, God. I, okay, I think 10-year-old Megan would be like, you're not on Broadway, because I, like, <laughs> I, I was like a competitive dancer when I was that age. Um, but I think once she got over that, she would think that, I think she would think that I'm, that I'm pretty, pretty damn resilient. Um, nice. What's your favorite band or musical artist? Great question. Probably John Bellion. I don't know who that is. John Bellion? Um, yeah, John Bellion. <laughs> okay. He had like one song that was super, super popular on the radio a number of years ago. Um, it was called All Time Low, and it is my least favorite song of his. Um, <laughs> literally everything else that he's made is so much better than that song. Um, but he's, I, I'm very productive when I listen to his music or whatever, like it just, right. it's just good. It's just a good vibe. That happens. I like it when that happens too. What superpower would you like to have? I think I would, I would want to be like the flash where I can slow down time or no Quicksilver. Um, okay. Where like I can do things really quickly and everything else moves at a regular pace because yeah. then I could finish a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> yeah and still have plenty of time to do other things right with other people yeah exactly cool all right so here's the question this is like the question that every- <laughs> oh no <laughs> so if you could visit any time in history 
but only to be a fly in the wall. You can't affect anything. Where, where, and when would you go? I early 1900s in Rochester. Um, I've been I've been like doing a little bit of research on like local folklore and just weird people that lived in Rochester. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's one particular guy that I would just he had a saloon, and I would just want to just hang out on the saloon wall. And just see what was happening. Yeah, His name was Rattlesnake Pete. Rattlesnake Pete? That's yep. awesome. Which, that's... you know, that's that's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, and in New York, <laughs> near Lake Ontario, right? that's a strange place for somebody to be named Rattle, Rattlesnake Pete. <laughs> wow. So what is your, you've, have you, you've done a lot of like vendor shows, like craft mm -hmm. fairs. Yeah. What is your most memorable craft fair that you've had your artwork at? The um, best experience at a craft show? I think it'd have to be my first big show. Um, big show meaning like they're like craft fairs and like mm -hmm. artists and bazaars and stuff. And then up here, there are a couple of like big art festivals. Um, and the first one I did was called Cornhill Festival and I was in the emerging artist section. Hmm. So it was like the first time I had like the tent and my own tables and like all of that stuff. Um, and I got to meet a bunch of young artists that are just kind of entering, you know, the art show world. Um, still talk to a couple of them, still really good friends with a few. So. It was, uh, it was really fun. It was also hot as hell, like <laughs> middle of July outside, there was no shade other than our tent, which just kind of made it hotter. So it was meeting people, but then also like the, we're going to make it like camaraderie of this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that kind of makes it like a fun memory. So definitely Cornhill would have been 2018. That's cool. What is your favorite favorite piece that you've made if you could even do that <laughs> who's your favorite child it's, basically right <laughs> i think it's probably it's probably a tie between um my ms piece i am incredibly incredibly proud of um like inc incredibly happy with that one just be at the level of detail and it's, it's a big piece. It's 12 by 36. Um, and then the other one is I did a pick, I didn't, it was the first of piece that was like in an art show. Um, and it's the one with the two hands that are cupped mm -hmm. and it's like super high contrast. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy with the level of detail I got in terms of like the wrinkles on the hands and like the shading on the nail beds, which is such like a weird thing to be proud of, but I am. Um, so probably a tie between those two. Cool. So this is kind of going back, <laughs> back to weird questions again. <laughs> would you would you rather meet a ghost or an alien? Definitely a ghost. More familiar. Yeah, and I just have so many questions. Yeah. Like, do you decide where you get to haunt? 
do you just haunt in the place that you died? Do you haunt in the place that you spent the most of your life? Like, I just want to know. Yeah. Is it like a, be <laughs> a Beetlejuice situation? Right. <laughs> do you only haunt people in the outfit you died in? Yeah, right. Are you if stuck? so, like, I'm just going to try to confuse everybody when I die and wear some like big Victorian gown when I know that I'm close <laughs> to the end. But then I'll like haunt them and talk about Twitter and it will be mind blowing. But yeah, I would love to just like have tea with a ghost. Yeah. Oh, that's funny because uh, I was going to say <laughs> uh, if, if you uh, if you could have coffee or a drink or whatever, eat a meal with anybody living or dead, who would who would you uh, want to do that with? Oh. Oh, darn. This is one of those questions that I feel like. I always think I know what I'm going to say, and then I think too hard about it. Yeah. Well, when you're asked, um, you're like, no. Yeah. No, I, I think I would, I think I would want to sit down with Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Super yes. influential. Final answer. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> so is your, um, is your creative process more formal or is it more intuitive are you are you really detailed i mean obviously you're really detailed but do you go into it knowing what details are gonna really stick on a piece or are you like you know what i'll cover that with flowers and <laughs> do you wing it or when is in it doubt really... when in doubt i do just throw flowers at it um <laughs> <laughs> i think I think I have different processes for custom pieces and then for like stock pieces. Um, so if it's a piece I'm just making to have in my inventory or like just for my own, I'm, I'm a little looser with planning. Mm -hmm. um, I won't, I won't put as much in the initial sketch. Um, if it's a custom piece, I tend to be very detailed from the get-go. Um, mostly because I want people to know what they're getting and not be like, wait, but that wasn't in the sketch. But typically I, I don't do like an under drawing. Like I just do outlines and then all of the shading is done just with the wood burner. Okay, cool. If you could give advice to anyone who wants to do what you do, uh, what advice would you give them? Collect your library of references. I think a lot of people are afraid to use references because they think that in order it, for it to be like real art, it has to just come from your brain. Um, and in order to get that anything to look somewhat realistic, you gotta have some sort of reference. And then the other one is draw upside down, um, which, is, which is an odd thing, but I, I will say that to any artist in any medium. Um, because our brains like to put things into schemas. And so in our brain, we say, that's a flower, flower petals are round. Um, but when you look at a real flower, there are triangles and octagons and like sharp angles in ways that you wouldn't think that they are. Mm -hmm. um, and so by flipping the reference upside down, you force your brain to not think of it as a flower and just to think of it as shapes. And it helps you get a little bit more accurate. Cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, is your work on uh, display anywhere? Or do you have it? That's a good question. <laughs> Where is it? Uh... I think currently, no. Um, 
I have some gallery coffee shop type situations lined up for potentially April and then May and June. And then a couple spooky things planned for October. But at this point, all in Rochester. Nice. That's yeah. good. Uh, so where can someone purchase your work? So I have most of my work available on my website at www.unstrongstudios.com. Um, I just recently got accepted and will be launching my wholesale website this week, which I just decided. And now that I'm saying it out loud, now I have to stick to it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so all of my like prints and cards and stickers and stuff will be available on there for wholesale and retailers. Um, but mostly just on my website. Cool. So what's the, uh, the best way for people to contact you? Instagram, email? So Instagram DMs can be a black hole. Um, so <laughs> if it's just like a, hey, I like your cat. He's pretty cool. Like fine, send it through Instagram. But if it's something that like time sensitive or you're interested in a custom, definitely shoot me an email. Um, and that's just Megan at unstrungstudios.com. Cool. Perfect. So <clears throat> thank you. That's all yeah, I have for you, you today. Thank you for joining me. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad we finally uh, made it happen and we got together. I'd mentioned that earlier. Yeah, for sure. Rescheduled on each other a couple of times. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really nice to, to meet you through the computer. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you too. All right, cool. All right. All right, thanks. Thanks, I will. See you later. That was great. I've been dying to talk to Megan for a while. She's super talented. Uh, you guys definitely need to go check out her work. She's got a great Instagram and a great TikTok account. Her website is full of her work. She's very, very talented. She's a really talented artist. I can't say enough <laughs> about her. You guys really need to go check it out for yourself and see how awesome all the stuff she makes is. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. There's also a TikTok account now that I've put literally nothing on. I'll get there eventually. Sometimes I have a hard time putting my face <laughs> out there into the world. Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to purchase merchandise. I'm going to be adding some more uh, prints to uh, the store, the odd shop as it is. I hope you tune in next time. Stay creative, stay inspired, and as always, stay odd.